Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Jessica Schaefer, the founder and CEO of Bevel PR, which is a leading public relations consultancy that works with venture capital funds, tech, and fintech brands. I've actually interviewed a number of companies from Bevel. I have to give a shout out. Thank you, Jessica and the team for that. In this episode, we talk about strategic communications as well as Jessica's journey starting Bevel PR in the last number of years, what she's done to grow the company. And with that, we discuss some of the things that Bevel PR does to help other companies, what startups should really think about and consider when taking on a PR firm, the expectations of clients that Bevel PR works with, how they select clients, a specific project that they did with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Eggcorns, how Jessica looks at PR for Bevel and her internal team, how she's navigated COVID-19 situation with that as well, and some of the intricacies of her company. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast, and you can support the show by leaving a rating and review over in Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, here is Jessica Schaefer, founder and CEO of Bevel PR. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am so excited to chat with you today all about Bevel, all about PR, different strategies with communications as well. For people who don't know Bevel, what do you do at Bevel, Jessica? Well, I think you actually know a lot about Bevel. Uh, (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Quite a few of our clients on the show. but I started Bevel just a little over three years ago now. We mostly work with founders and venture capital funds on their external communication strategies um, and also, you know, anything related to how they're thinking about and communicating their products um, to the outside world. With that as well, Jessica, you've got some pretty, I mean, great clients on board. How did this like get started in the first place though? You know, it's funny. uh, A lot of entrepreneurs, especially now that I've had the opportunity to work with them, they always say, I, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur (laughs) or (laughs) I've always wanted to start my own company. That was really not a thing for me. Um, I had always worked in corporate you know, before starting Bevel, I was at Moody's a long time, um, which is the financial ratings agency, both on the communications and then on the sales side, managing their global global relationships. Um, and then I worked internally for Point72, which was SAC Capital, um, the hedge fund run by Steve Cohen. I don't know if you watch, if you're a big TV person, but do you watch um, the show Billions? Yes, definitely yes. Okay, so it's loosely based um, on the fund, but you know, I was working there internally, running communications. It was one of the most exciting um, and really fulfilling things that I've gotten. You know, the opportunity to work on in my career. I think you know, working with a legend like Steve Cohen, who is incredibly smart and talented at what he does, um, and being able to, you know, find a way to work with somebody like that, who honestly is more of an introvert, um, who loves to trade. He doesn't like to, you know, do interviews or (laughs) (laughs) that kind of stuff. And a lot of our clients are like that. Um, 
But anyways, I worked with Steve and he had started a venture capital fund, 0.72 Ventures. Um, and they were investing in a lot of really interesting technology companies at the time. And I had an opportunity to work with the founders who we were investing in on their go-to-market strategy and also their funding announcement. Um, and one of the companies I just absolutely fell in love with was Acorns. And the CEO, you know, he was like, wow, you know, what you did in three days, no one has done in three years. Um, would you want to come and join the company? And what he meant was like, you know, a lot of people when they hire communications firms or even just a publicist, if it's a tech company, they hire a tech firm. Um, and if it's a fintech company, a lot of tech PR people don't understand the actual product. And it's really hard to communicate a product if you don't understand how to use it, right? <laughs> um <laughs> And, and given my background in finance, you know, I, I really did. And so I thought about it. Um, and then Point72 did not want me to leave. Oh. And another CEO was like, wait, I want you to work on my communications. And so I had three founders, all male. Not that it matters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who wanted me to, to um, handle their communications. And so... I thought there was a really big opportunity, the you know, funding and venture capital funds, it was all flowing into tech and I wanted to be ahead of that curve. So that's why I ultimately left a, a position that I loved at Point72 um, for an opportunity that I that I saw. With that as well, Jessica, you mentioned like they all wanted you to handle their communications. Were there certain aspects of that that were more pressing for them than others? I'm just curious about what some of those things were that you were going to work on with them. Sure. So a lot of the work that we do is when a company is thinking about either, you know, we'll work with a company in their seed stage. So if they're just figuring out the product, how they want to communicate. I mean, sometimes these companies don't even have like their name <laughs> figured out. <laughs> so early, early, early stage. Um, all the way through companies that are, you know, Series B, Series C, they've had early success and they have a really interesting product. And so some stories have been written, um, but they haven't really gained the momentum externally that they probably deserve and should. And so coming in and figuring out, you know, the brand messaging, the positioning, the customer, where are they? How are we communicating to them? And how do we tell stories um, that really resonate? Taking a little bit of a step back, for you personally, Jessica, why communications, PR, why, where does interest come from for you? So I never wanted to go into communications, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did um, my MBA in finance, and I thought to myself, I want to go into investment banking. Um, and then as I kind of went through you know, my studies, all of my peers said, well, you have personality. Like, what do you mean you're, you don't want to stay in PR? Because at the time I was actually working full time and going to school full time. I started my career at um, CJP Communication, which is now Prozac Partners. And, you know, it was in 2008 when the world like started falling apart. <laughs> oh yeah, that time. 
which was a really great, you know, foray into financial communications because yeah. my clients were involved with Bernie Madoff. Um, oh, lots to talk about. <laughs> Yeah. And from that then, so understand like that was where kind of the genesis of your even interest in communications came from then. And you got these few different companies. They all like, hey, we want Jessica on board. I want to have you. Then from there, how did you grow Bevel? And after those kind of first initial companies you started working with? So we really quickly um, became kind of the go-to fintech firm in the beginning. So fintech was our bread and butter um, from fintech. It was right when Bitcoin was taking off and a lot of cryptocurrency companies started to kind of find out about us. And there are a subset of communications firms who only work on crypto. Um, the clients who came to us, so Block Tower, Tagomi, which was just acquired by Coinbase, um, Ikigai, which was started by a portfolio manager who had left 0.72. They all came to us because of kind of our institutional knowledge. Um, and they wanted to make cryptocurrency more accessible to everyone um, and be able to communicate not just in like the blockchain crypto publications, but yeah. in mainstream places like Forbes, Bloomberg, the Wall Street Journal, the different podcasts, like all the different kinds of um, speaking opportunities. With that as well, I'm curious, like when you're working with one of these companies, like Eggcorns, for example, and, they, and you have your, your team behind you as well, what are some of the things with them then, if you can, you can say them specifically or just more broadly of companies, but uh, what goes into the strategic communications, uh, just diving a little bit deeper for other startups out there who are kind of wondering or other even founders who are you know, curious about hiring a firm like Bevel, for instance, like what are some of those things you're you're helping them with and on like a day-to-day, week-to-week basis? Sure. I mean, with Acorns and I think with any great brand, it always starts with the mission and then the product. Um, so in all of our communications on behalf of Acorn, we really focus on the mission of the company and we only tell stories and go to press when we actually have an interesting story to tell. That's very different. Um, and it's a very different mentality than a lot of founders who are always thinking, okay, I'm going to engage with a PR firm. How many stories am I going to get? How many podcasts am I going to be on? Where am I going to be speaking? Da, 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 da. What, <laughs> you know, what are the set KPIs and what can you guarantee and that's kind of, that's really the wrong way to think about it, right? Um, when you think about Acorns and the brand and the stories that we've built, they all are talking about product and the customer and the mission of the company. And we only really approach the press or anyone externally when we have something to say. So there's always been, I don't know how, how far you are in this world, but there's always been this struggle between the press and publicist, um, where they say like, oh, I got another pitch from this PR person who doesn't know what I cover, or they don't know this, or they don't do that. You know, there's like thousands of websites, and Andrew Ross Sorkin just tweeted something about a PR person pitching him something ridiculous. And I think that's the biggest problem, is like, we only go to you if we know you're going to be interested in the story, not just like, oh, let's pitch something just for the sake of like getting a media hit. Yeah. 
With that too, then at what point, I mean, you know, you mentioned working with startups, uh, you know, from even seed stage, then all the way through like series B and, and beyond. But at what point do you think a startup should kind of consider bringing on a, a PR firm potentially, uh, or when, when in their kind of journey, do you think it's, it's most useful or they should kind of think about that? Well, when we look, so we actually don't take on all companies who kind of seek us out. Um, we have a process where we vet the tech companies and what we're really looking for are three things. Um, one, are you solving an industry problem that no one else has done before? And if you're doing that, like the press are naturally interested in problem solution type stories, even if you don't have a product developed. Yeah. So even if you're just thinking about something and you are the next you know, Steve Jobs, or you're the next Elon Musk, and you have a product that the world hasn't seen, that's going to be interesting. It just takes a little bit of education, right? Um, yeah. The second thing we look for is if you are a first or second time or third time founder. Um, so we like to work with founders who have started companies before, maybe their first company didn't work out. Um, but their second or third company is something they're super passionate about and they have their resources and kind of like the talent behind them to make it successful. And then the third thing, if you don't have any of those other things, is are you backed by an interesting investor or a venture capital fund? Um, And why is that person interested in your company? So a lot of the times, you know, before we take on a client, we actually will interview the VCs or the investors on the why. Um, Why did you decide to lead this round? How do you think PR can be helpful? And sometimes like there's just not a story. And if we don't see the story, we don't take the client on and it doesn't matter how big their budget is. And we've turned away very, very sizable retainers just because it would be a waste of our time. Um, And it would also be a waste of the founder's time where maybe their resources would be better spent on marketing communications or earned media or something else. Yeah. And and with that too, your team itself at Bevel, you started, you you wanted to do this, you had people pursuing you for your work. How have you gone about kind of building your team for Bevel, thinking strategically of like, okay, who do we need to who do we need to have on board as we as we kind of grow through this this whole process? So it's interesting. Most of the people who are part of the Bevel family um, and the Bevel team, they come from outside of PR. So we hire, you know, one of our directors in LA. He was actually a co-founder and COO of a retail tech company um, in Santa Monica. You know, another one of our hires in New York, who is actually my first hire, she was working in marketing um, and SEO. So both outside of PR, both have the, the innate ability for storytelling, which I think is something that you really, really need. And just hiring s- smart people who like to win uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's important. You yes, know, definitely. Like, you need the results in PR and a lot of PR firms, you know, you, you'll pay a pretty, you know, big amount of money and then you don't see the results. And I think that's two things. One, PR companies just taking on anyone who walks in the door, which yeah, is yeah. not the right approach. Um, 
And then two, the PR team isn't always incentivized. Uh, so we actually have more of a results oriented approach. We pay our people differently. Um, we have quarterly metrics where the senior associates and the associates, if they hit, you know, X amount of meetings, X amount of secured opportunities, X amount of, you know, op-eds written or conferences secured, or even like a custom event, right? Yeah. Then they get paid out a quarterly bonus, which is, I don't think anyone else is, is doing that. How did you think of that structure then, Jessica? Well, since from working at a hedge fund, um, <laughs> most of, I mean, the way that um, you get paid at a hedge fund is largely performance based. So you get, um, you know, your salary, but a majority of your earnings are in the bonus and that doesn't come until your end. So you really have to work for it, right? The same yeah. true in sales. So when I was managing um, the global relationships for Moody's on the banking side, almost, I would say, three-fourths of what I was getting paid out was because of, you know, my performance targets. And so in my mind, I thought, well, what if we applied that model um, and the performance pay to PR? Because PR, for the longest time, when you start in PR, you don't make enough money to survive, like in New York (laughs) or in LA. Um, and so we flipped the model and I think it's incentivized our people, especially our young people, um, to work harder and they're also aligned, the benefits are aligned with the results that our clients want to see. Yeah. And, and with that, just going deeper on just helping thinking about startups who are, who are listening to this this show in terms of people thinking through hiring a, a company like Bevel versus even trying to do it in-house. I mean, what would you say around that with like what they should think about with that decision even? Sure. Um, one, I think it doesn't, it doesn't matter if your person is internal or external. You need to make sure that your communications team loves what you're doing and is super excited about it and is asking a lot of questions. And if there isn't that enthusiasm, then it'll never work, right? Because you're actually trusting this person to go out on your behalf and tell your story and to convince other people that it's really interesting. And this is why you should write about it. Or this is why you should have my CEO at Fortune Tech or Recode or whatever conference it is, right? Um, I've been thinking about this a lot actually lately with the pandemic, this idea of an internal team versus an external team. I don't know if there is a difference anymore, right? Like we've always kind of acted as the internal team for our clients. So a lot of our team will have the internal emails, we'll join their town halls, we'll join weekly calls. So it is a different model to begin with. Um, one thing I've noticed just in terms of my peer group, I've had a lot of friends who've gone in-house for a tech company and it's really, really hard to be the one man show inside of a tech firm and not to have any other strings to pull. And what I mean by that is like, you know, we're working with venture capital funds and we're working with tech companies. And so if they want one of our, let's say, you know, a reporter needs a source, we have the ability to provide them with a super high profile investor and then say, oh, by the way, have you heard about this new company launching? You should also talk to this person. 
versus if you're internally at a seed stage company with like, <laughs> I mean, there's only so many times you can go to the retail reporter who keeps rejecting you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is nice to have both of those from the outside perspective of them being able to pull them together in that way of leveraging both. I mean, that's something I even think about in kind of a different context of looking at the podcast of <laughs> getting referrals from VCs to startups who then the startups can refer me to their VCs who can give me referrals to startups and it just goes back and forth between the two, uh, which is, which is great to be able to grow, grow the show and grow the audience as well. And, and on the note of like, obviously in-house versus PR, but then kind of shifting to like proactive versus reactive, like how much of it is, you know, proactive, obviously trying to tell the, the mission, the story of these companies versus reacting to crisis or things that happen. You know, I'm curious how that goes for Bevel. Sure. Well, I think it depends on where the brand is and its life cycle. In the beginning, you're really trying to go from zero to 60 and build a brand. And that just takes a lot of muscle power and also effort. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, you'll get rejected and you have to find the right person in the right fit and the person who wants to communicate and tell the story. Um, then just by nature of companies that are growing um, and working with high growth startups, I think they'll run into some issues and that's where the crisis comes piece comes into play. Um, obviously during COVID it's become a huge part of our business uh, just because there's so many different people that you're communicating with now. Um, if you are doing furloughs, then you have to communicate to those employees. And it's really, really important um, that you communicate with empathy and in the right way or else the first thing, you know, said employee does is go to Twitter or, <laughs> you know, yeah. like everyone has their own platform now um, and journalists are resourcing stories more and more and more from those different platforms. And so I think that's super important. And if you're not communicating to internal employees or um, your customers, you might be communicating to your board or your investors um, on where the company is going, or maybe they didn't meet the milestone because of COVID. Um, there's been a tremendous amount of headwinds that different companies have had to face. But then there's also been a lot of companies who have used you know, this as an opportunity to grow their business. A lot of our clients, if you look at why things like Peloton have taken off or the QR code that no one ever used and now <laughs> everyone understands why there's the QR code, yeah. um, our clients are the same. You know, I can't remember the last time anyone has walked into a bank. And so a lot of the fintech companies have just taken off in terms of interest, um, new customers and new business lines that they're moving into. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to go back to that you mentioned, I just want to touch on a bit deeper is you mentioned with, with PR firms and everything, getting results and obviously delivering for your clients at Bevel. I mean, what are some of those like expectations or results that you're, you're trying to deliver, uh, for clients? What are they expecting on that realm? I'm curious about that as well, Jessica. Sure. So for one client, I think it's a good example. Um, we like to work with, or we do work with people we've worked with before. So the <laughs> president and co-founder of Beta 
um, has joined a new company called Model Number in Sustainability and Design. So he engaged with us, one, because he loved the work that we do with Beta, um, and two, because this company was going through a complete rebrand. And so when he first sent me the note, I looked at the website and was like, oh, what is this? Are you sure? <laughs> like, and we give real feedback, right? Like, if you are telling me you need us to get press based on what you're showing me right now, the answer is there's no way we're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, don't worry. <laughs> we're engaging with, you know, I'm hiring a marketing team. I'm hiring a brand team. Um, so anyways, we just, we spent a couple of months figuring out what the images should look like, what the new brand should look like, how we want to communicate, where we want to communicate. And this company that's been in existence for a couple of years now went from zero press to press literally everywhere in Business Insider, Fast Company, Architectural Digest, um, a lot of the furniture type publications and trays that they hadn't been in and they really deserve to be in because this company is taking furniture from recycled products. You can pick whatever materials you want and then custom 3D printing furniture at a faster rate than we've ever seen before. So in my mind, that's such a great idea, right? But if you look at the initial, the way they were going to market, it just looked horrible. So <laughs> now we've been able to get some real results. Um, so that's one example. I, I mean, do you have another one? I would love to hear another one if you want to brag about another client because I, I think it's helpful pe for people to understand like what types of things these uh, like your company's doing or other PR companies do. I always say compliments, questions, concerns, and sure. So like over the pandemic, we've been working on some of our most exciting projects. Um, Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia actually invested and partnered with Acorns. Um, and so that was one thing we worked on, which was super fun. Um, you know, the rock obviously has a huge draw. Yeah. But, a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has like 200 million. Instagram I was going to say, followers. yeah, a couple hundred million on Instagram. <laughs> the most followed. Um, but the most exciting part about it was his story. So his production company, seven bucks production, which I don't know if a lot of people know about, but he named it that because he came here with seven bucks in his pocket. Um, after a failed football career in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and that really aligns with the mission and the brand of Acorns, which is, you know, from tiny acorns, many oaks do grow. And when you look at, like, who Dwayne Johnson is, I mean, he's a massive success. And he came from humble beginnings. And that's really the Acorns customer. So, our, the project we worked on was really to figure out how do we communicate that externally um, and to make sure that we're doing it across all channels. So Instagram, the press, internally, externally, and that took, you know, kind of months really to coordinate. Yeah. And I, I definitely noticed that campaign from following along or the last number of, of year plus i guess from bevel and i was like that's that makes perfect sense from what you guys were doing with with him because i had heard that story about seven bucks in his production company a while back uh and was really intrigued by that as well and 
this is all from obviously companies that you're working with and everything. But then, then Jessica, how do you look at PR for Bevel and kind of getting the word out about Bevel itself? Sure. So one of the fun things we did um, during coronavirus was we actually created a team for Bevel. Um, So for all of our accounts, we generally had three people on them, a director, a senior associate, and then an associate. And so I created my mini internal team. And I don't know if I should say this because, you know, our clients might get jealous, but my team has gotten us more opportunities um, than for our own (laughs) clients. But that goes back to show if you're pitching what you love uh, and you're really excited about something, then you'll get results, right? And so the team has done a great job. They actually just got me on Business Insider had like top financial public relations people that published today. So I was on that list with some other people who are like, you know, heavy hitters. So. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> that was exciting. Um, but they've had me doing interviews nonstop. They're like unstoppable. Jeez. What does the team consist of? Like what are the different roles that people on that team are are doing with, with Bevel then? So I actually gave one um, woman who she came over from, she was handling corporate communications at Manolo um, and now she came internally at Bevel and she really needed like more of a leadership opportunity. So I wanted to give her the opportunity to run the account and interface directly with me. And then she has two people underneath her. Um, and both of the associates, you know, they'll figure out one, what kind of awards do we want to apply for? Um, where should we be speaking at conferences? How do we support our internal innovative things that we're doing? So we actually started, well, I don't know if this is unique because everyone started them after us, but (laughs) the rise of the book club, we had started um, Bevel Books and Bourbon right at the beginning of the pandemic. And we got a list of all the books that our um, top VCs are reading. And then it's only for VCs, Uh, founders and the media. Um, We'll actually have the authors of the book take you through kind of their premise and what they were thinking of and what inspired them to write it. And then we'll have the person who recommended the book interview them and moderate the discussion. So people love it. Uh, We have like 300 people join each of them, which for a book club, I mean, (laughs) I've been a part of is usually like I don't know, 15 people, right? So that's been super fun and exciting. That is. And and I know that we kind of touched on COVID a couple times here, but take me through how that, how you've thought through that in terms of being strategic about opportunities within that for Bevel as as COVID has hit, as you've gone through this, looking for opportunities and just, you know, as an entrepreneur running your business and trying to navigate this, how has that experience been for you, Jessica? Well, I think if you look at Bevel, we're still a young company and we're not backed by a major investor, even though people have approached us to invest in the firm. And I say, well, really? We're a services company. Like usually (laughs) (laughs) you don't seek funding for for PR firm. But that being said, people are really interested in our model um, because we tend to take equity in our clients. We grow with them. And we make sure we're strategically aligned. Um, We also don't 
take on competitors. So if we pick your company, we assume you're, you're the category leader and we operate more like a VC firm in that way. Um, talent has been attracted to that. And I think for coronavirus, I don't know if we would have been able, you know, we're starting to attract some super high caliber talent and people who have over 20 years of experience um, and who are working for corporations that maybe they're working from home and not as excited about the work that we're doing. And I think Bevel offers them a different model and a different opportunity. Now, if a global pandemic that forced everyone to work from home and really think about what they value in a job didn't happen, would we be able to attract those people? Maybe, but I think it would have taken a lot longer. So it's accelerated our ability to attract and hire top talent. Um, We're also taking advantage of it on the commercial real estate side. So I know a lot of people are working remote and people love it, um, but I'm running a, a company full of very extroverted humans um, (laughs) (laughs) who love being around people. Uh, I don't know that remote work really works for everyone. And so we are getting an amazing new office space. If you look in in New York and, and renegotiating our lease in LA as well, but if you look in New York, the price per square foot of commercial real estate last year versus this year, I mean, you're just seeing tremendous opportunities. So one of my mentors, and also he's a he's a client and a close friend, Alan Patrickoff, who started Graycroft, he said, never waste an opportunity. Uh, or no, 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 sorry. He said, never waste a crisis. Um, and what he meant by that was just, there's so much opportunity right now and there's so much movement um, and there's a lot of a lot of ways you can innovate and take advantage of what's going on. Yeah, there are a ton of opportunities and we saw that come out of the the last kind of recession uh, we had and obviously it's it's difficult but there are opportunities within that and there's clearly opportunities within the space we're in now even companies that have started within covid i mean since covid started and companies have companies have propped up and and raised funding and done interesting things already and even like a number of guests i've had on uh the show who have really exploded their growth since covid hit because of kind of the dynamics and how that changed what how people interact day to day and what they do and uh it, it's interesting to think of other entrepreneurs what they're going to be able to start now because of this or what ideas will pop up as well from this. It's uh, obviously a crazy situation to be in, but there's opportunity everywhere. So it's something to look at as well. And one thing I was curious about with with what you're doing on kind of a day-to-day basis uh, with Bevel, I mean, what are the most difficult or challenging parts of being in this industry? I think the most challenging part is we're working with a lot of intense founders. Um, (laughs) all the time. And, you know, people have a tendency to work a lot. Uh, I think with the pandemic and people working from home, that's increased and intensified. So right now, and this is even something I struggle with, is being able to shut down, um, putting up boundaries, taking time to turn off. I think this Zoom land has been, it's very one-dimensional uh, versus 
And what I mean by that is, I don't know about you, but I can't really remember, you know, one meeting from the 500th meeting I had during coronavirus. And that's because you don't have your sense of, I mean, you have your sense of smell, but if you're sitting in one room, it's always the same, right? Yeah. Um, And what the person looks like and what sounds are happening and what's going on around you. And so all of those things help to kind of bring the meeting to life. And so I think that's missing now. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely such a huge change and a huge shift and can be a challenge within that. For for you as well, Jessica, how do you typically recharge or step away from work then? So I love to hike um, and I love to ski. So generally something outside. Um, I read a lot. I usually like to read something outside of what I would pick up for work. So <laughs> maybe, maybe Any favorites? At Vanity Fair or a Bloomberg article. Um, but if we take on a new client in a new industry, I'll try to read that too, right? So we've been focused a lot recently on the aging sector. Um, so technology for people over the age of 50. And so I started reading AARP. Um, you know, that's not something that's on my subscription list in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you tell. <laughs> it's research, but, of course. <laughs> yeah. So now I now I am a subscriber uh, oh. to there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. On the aging point as well, I just interviewed Daniel Kaplan from Generator Ventures. They're a venture firm focused exclusively on the intersection of aging and technology. Uh, so that would be an interesting person to, to potentially talk to. But that space is intriguing because there's, I mean, everyone has, the parents are getting older, everyone's getting older. They're like, the, in terms of baby boomers and stuff, getting older as well. And it's like, there needs to be more technology and things built around that to whether it be the care side of things. I know I interviewed Andrew Parker from Papa, these Papa Pals for, for kind of combating loneliness and helping with seniors as well. There's going to be a lot more developed in that space. So reading the AARP is certainly a worthwhile investment, Jessica, it would seem. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And, and the last thing I, I'm just kind of curious about is for anything, I know we've talked about a lot of different things with kind of a PR comms, but there's anything else you'd want to tell other founders that would be beneficial or useful, uh, whether it be around building their company or around like PR specifically? I think stick with it. Um, I know that sounds so cliche, but the number of times like founders have just, you kind of, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of external pressure. Um, there have been a number of times when I'm at kind of the the pivotal moment where we're really about to break through and either grow, you know, our team or break into a new industry. It can be some of the most stressful times, but some of also the most rewarding. Um, so I would I would say that. I think the other thing is, which I've been doing more and more of, is how do you turn some of your mentorship relationships, how do you flip them? So people who have mentored me, and there have been a lot, um, I try to remember that they probably don't have as many people reaching out to them and thanking them or checking in on them and seeing like, you know, what challenge are you facing or what's going on in your life? So 
I've tried to reach out to those people at the top more and more, especially during times like COVID, because to your point, I think there are a lot of people who are lonely right now. Um, And so just being like a real person and going out of my way um, to reach out to, to my mentors. Jessica, where can people go to learn more about Bevel and connect with you as well? Sure. So you can, anyone can reach out to me directly, uh, Jessica at Bevel, B-E-V-E-L-P-R.com, or you can go to our website. It's www.bevelpr.com. Perfect. Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you, Justin. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you. Justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.